welcome to our podcast, Time for the Soul. This podcast is just like having a good cup of tea on a nice chilly day with your friends, talking about all the important things in life, talking about our relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ, talking about things that affect us in terms of friendship, relationships, and just in general, having great conversations. We are your hosts, Rafaela and Ruth <laughs> and, and Leanna. Yeah. I wasn't sure Ruth was going to say anything, so I decided to introduce her. That's all right. She needs double introduction. And today's topic of conversation is going to be on funks. We've all experienced them. We all kind of know what it is, but I feel like it's a good thing to kind of talk about and see kind of our thoughts about it and maybe see what the Lord has to say about them. So the way we can start is to define what what is a funk? What would you guys say? Where do we start? (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. Okay, so truthfully, I honestly have thought about it. And I think funks are when you get into a wrong pattern of thinking. So you kind of just go down this rabbit hole of like, oh, I'm not where I should be in life. Oh, I'm not like doing what this person's doing. So it it can be a million things, but I, I think it just stems from not thinking about the right thing and just going down that rabbit hole of, you know, or maybe even it can stem from an expectation that was not met. And then you go down that rabbit hole and it changes the way that your thinking is. So that's mm-hmm. just what first popped into my mind. Yeah. I think funk is um, when you're not who you're meant to be, like you're not, you don't have hope. Mm. You're not yourself. You're not mm-hmm. happy. You're not uh, content. That's you're true. really not yourself. You can, look at yourself and say, this is not me. I'm, I'm in a bad place. And usually they're recognizable. Like you can recognize that you're in a funk. Um, mm-hmm. Those around you can recognize that you are. That's that what place, I would. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Out of place. I would say the thing that makes a funk a funk is I think the the timing though, or the length of time. So I think a funk usually lasts a couple days, maybe a few weeks. Anything beyond that, I would start to say, okay, I think you might be in some depression, which needs to, you know, get some counseling and some therapy for. Mm-hmm. But usually like a funk is like every so often, it's the low point of your your life. And I agree. I actually mm-hmm. agree with what you guys said. So I guess we could go into kind of what the sources are, but let's talk a little bit about what it looks like. So for me personally, Like Ruth said, I'm not feeling like myself. I'm just feeling blue and a little bit depressed about life. I think my friends can notice it where I'm just not as maybe cheerful as I usually am. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you guys can think of? Like, how does it, how is it exhibited to others and how can you recognize it in yourself? I think in a way, funks make you like retreat. Like you said, you just don't Mm want to be around people and it probably doesn't help your funk that you want to retreat. So like, yes. You don't feel like talking to anybody. You don't feel like calling anybody. You're like, I just want to be in my room and whatever. Watch Netflix or Netflix <laughs> and chill, which you think makes mm-hmm. you feel better. But in the end, it doesn't because you nope. you finish that movie and then you're like, oh, I'm still in my funk. This did not help at all. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think one yeah. of those things is retreating and like you can tell like even just people. Oh, it's like, oh, I haven't talked to this person in a while. And then you like reach out to them and they're like, oh, I've kind of been in a funk lately. And I'm like, well, that makes sense. And then I realized yep. it for myself. It's, mm-hmm. oh, I haven't reached out to people in a while. Why? Because I'm in this weird mood where I don't feel like talking to people. So to me, that's like one of the mm-hmm. major. Um, are we talking to causes, right? Causes of funk? We're going to, we'll move on to causes, but I'm thinking how, what does it look like? What does it look like to be in a funk? Oh, when you're in a funk, I think 
at least when I am, or maybe noticing others, you don't see hope. You, you're not hopeful. You're not positive, like Rafi said. I think you're also repeating lies. Like when I find myself in a funk, it's just everything negative just goes through my mind. And it just keeps repeating and repeating and cementing in my soul or in my mind. Definitely like low blue, you don't want to talk to people. You don't want to be, I don't know. You don't want to talk to your sister. You don't want to talk to your family. (laughs) That's true. You don't want to talk to your friends. Yeah. I would say that's, yeah, I think that's for me personally, I would say that's basically the best way I could describe it, especially when I enter into some. They also tend to happen after I've had some sort of high, like a spiritual high Mm, or a really great weekend. So I don't know if that's withdrawal or what it is, but I definitely noticed that after I've had something great happen and then the next couple of weeks are just bland and boring, it just gets worse and worse and just get stuck kind of in this hopeless kind of attitude. So I guess we could talk about what are some causes of them. I think, Liana, you touched on one, and I agree. The number one thing that I had on my list was I think they're, they can be as a result of unfulfilled expectations. Yeah. So basically something that you expected to happen but just wasn't fulfilled or maybe a place where you're expecting to be in your life but it hasn't happened. I was thinking immediately of Proverbs thirteen twelve, where it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, yeah. but a desire fulfilled is a tree of life. So I've noticed if I'm hopeful for something to happen or if I've expected something and I realize it hasn't, that does send me down into a bit of a spiral into that state of mind. What do you guys think? Oh, 100%. I think that's one of the main causes of it. And I think comparison can get you there too, because you're just, you're looking around and you're like, well, this person's here and they're doing this and I'm not doing that. Why am I not doing that? And you forget hold on a second. God has something for you specific. It doesn't have to look like somebody else. So I think the major thing is, hold on, let me look at what I'm supposed to be doing, not what other people are supposed to be doing. And I think that gives you more clarity to get yourself out of that funk when you're not comparing yourself or comparing stages of life, comparing accomplishments, things like that. And I think actually thinking about that, it's like knowing who you are in Christ. I mean, Many times I think the reason why we compare and we're in a funk and we're, we can't is because we really don't know who we're supposed to be. So we look around and try to, okay, I, I admire that. I like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be like that. But we never ask the Lord, Lord, what did you create me for? What was your intent for me when you created me? So mm-hmm. identity is like a huge thing that I think a lot of people talk about. But we think that if we grew up in the church, our identity is more cemented in Christ, quote unquote. But then you realize mm-hmm. that it's actually not. Because if I look at this person and this person and they're at this point in their life and I'm not, that means that I'm not, instead of going the way that God wants me to go, I'm going the way that I think that I should be going. So it's yes. like not being in sync with the Holy Spirit, I think, causes a funk where mm-hmm. instead of asking and seeing, God, what do you want in this situation? I'm here. Why did I get here? Instead of root causing it, we wallow in it because we feel helpless, maybe. I don't know. I think sometimes we get into a funk because we think of ourselves too much. Like Ooh, we, yeah. start, we actually think of ourselves too much. If I was to be thinking of other people, oh, like, what can I do for this person? What can I do for that person? I don't think I would get into so many funks. But I think funks happen when we think of ourselves too much. 
think of our lives too much and give it too much importance, then you can get into a funk. So I think maybe mm-hmm. just looking outward would help you to get out mm-hmm. of it. But anyways, that, we can discuss that later. Oh, no, but I agree with that because I also have noticed they tend to come when you're in a state of rest. If you've mm-hmm. noticed when you're just kind of, you're doing your life, it's going normal. You're not very busy. At least I've noticed this for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm just at home all day, It's very easy for me to go into that state of mind where I start thinking more about myself, where I start taking my eyes off the goal or my eyes off of others. I'm not saying being in a funk is necessarily a sin, but we do see when um, Davidson with Bathsheba, what was he doing? He wasn't busy. He was being idle Mm -hmm. and he he stayed at home from instead of going off to war. And that idleness can cause bad things to happen. It can cause you to focus more on yourself can cause you to fall into sin. So there's definitely something to be said about, I'm not saying being busy for the sake of being busy. I'm saying yes. being busy yeah. with good things. Being idle can lead you to just spend more time focusing on things that you shouldn't, that you don't really need to focus on. Yes, 100%. I agree. And then, but then I think of Hebrews 4, where he says something about entering his rest. And I don't know, maybe we grew up in the church and we're just, we were conditioned to serve, to work, to be involved. And at least in my life, that didn't lead to good places sometimes. And I see maybe, okay, this is just a tangent, but maybe it's something personal where I see people who maybe are not busy in like the sense of like involved in many things or have a lot of things on their plate. Yes, they're very, Mm -hmm. yet they're very content in the Lord. Mm -hmm. I do think idleness and purposelessness play into it yes but I also think I think purposelessness is actually the thing because even if Mm -hmm. you are not busy quote-unquote but if you're busy praying if you're busy interceding for people Mm -hmm. that may not be a busy in the worldly sense but it does wonders in like the spiritual sense yeah so it's about knowing what you're supposed to do and not just doing nothing And you're right. Hebrews 4 does talk about the rest that God gives us on the Sabbaths. But to Ruth's point, that rest isn't you just sit on your couch and watch Netflix all day. Yeah, It's it's rest that is you spend some quality time with your family. You do some things that bring meaning to you, some things that bring joy to you. It's stuff that can be fruitful and gives you purpose, not rest that is idle and leads to sloth and laziness and so forth. It's like rest in the Lord. I think Mm -hmm. maybe it all plays into it is do I trust the Lord with my life? Mm-hmm. Because I'm restless when I don't trust, but I don't know where my life is going. And I don't trust yes. that God will take care of it. Mm-hmm. And that causes a downward spiral. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also grace, knowing that there's grace for our mistakes. Because we all mess up. I mess up and I'm like, I wish I had done that. I didn't do that. I wish I would have, you know. So I think there's rest when we know there's grace. When we feel like there's wow. no grace, then we feel like we have to work so hard to get back on track. Mm-hmm. Where whereas like God is knowing that He'll bring us back on track, and we just have to follow Him instead of us going and we drag God with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely agree with that. I would also say spiritual warfare. We we shouldn't avoid the topic of spiritual warfare in a funk, though. I think. There's, there can be a lot of causes for it. One of it obviously can be like what we just talked about, our identity in the Lord, our unfulfilled expectations, mm-hmm. feeling purposeless. But let's also not forget that if you're involved, let's say, in some sort of ministry or some sort of activity, there's a high chance it could also be just spiritual warfare that's going on over you. 
I don't know if you guys, have you guys ever experienced something like that? Well, it's funny because I was talking to Ruth and I was, I think I actually mentioned to all, all of us. So when I was saying that, like, I think Satan's biggest weapon mm-hmm. against people is letting them get into funks or things like that, where they're not effective anymore, where he brings them down so much that they're not doing what they're supposed to do. Yes. You know, getting into like a bad mental space, it stops you from doing what you're supposed yeah. to be doing. There's no way that it doesn't. When I'm negative or when I'm like hopeless, I'm not doing the Lord's work. I'm not investing in his kingdom. So that's Satan's biggest enemy against us is, oh, I'm going to put this person into their little funk. And at least for a couple of days or weeks, they're not going to be effective, yeah. you know? Yeah, no, I hundred percent agree. And then, and then you're useless and then you're not helping others and <laughs> others yep. are not getting the help that they need. It's just, it's a bit of a downward spiral for everyone involved. <laughs> yes. And there's like different portals where Satan gets to you. I started to get to know mine. It doesn't mean that I can't conquer them because I'm not conquering yet. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe a little bit. (laughs) But it's just I started to recognize them, just little things. If you care Mm -hmm. a lot about what people say, one wrong look from somebody, especially if you esteem them, especially if their opinion matters to you. Yes. You're you know, you're out in worship or you're at youth and then like you happen to look at that person and they're, maybe it's, they're going through something, but they're looking mm-hmm. at you a little weird. All of a sudden you spiral down and you're yes. like, oh, mm-hmm. they It's don't. like a trigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's so many triggers and God help us overcome them. Even for me, I complain to Lena about like the same things. Oh, that person <laughs> didn't look to me. Didn't in a pleasing me. way. <laughs> how I was you know or whatever and so this is one I mean you guys probably have other triggers but you know Mm -hmm. yeah no I think it's very important to spend some time with the Lord and just to be honest with yourself and with him and say Lord okay show me the places where I'm getting triggered show me the places I know that this certain things makes me hypersensitive to suddenly just let loose and go into this spiral of a funk you know what is it and I think God God will definitely show them to you. And I think if you're honest with them yourself, you can usually find the root causes of what's causing it. Yeah. And, and I think practically, like this is one of them, I, you would help. Some people are, are less self-aware than others. Some people are incredibly self-aware, mm, but mm-hmm. they maybe don't have the tools to overcome that. And mm-hmm. some people are just not self-aware. They can't yeah. pinpoint why they're, sorry, where <laughs> they are. So I think giving some examples, what triggers you to be in a funk can help maybe the less self-aware to, oh, maybe it's that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to so, like go into that. Mm-hmm. If we want to go into it. but Well, I think being tired can be one of them. I yes, yes. I mean, for myself, oh man, if I'm exhausted, give me a nap, give me a good eight hours of sleep. 100%. And morning, the joy of the Lord is like my strength. <laughs> Listen, Jeremiah just battled those false prophets and then immediately he's, Lord, help me, deliver me. I'm so depressed. And what does the Lord do? The angel comes and lets him take a nap and then feeds him. And suddenly he's so much better. (laughs) I completely agree with Liana. Yes, there are some natural causes to these funks too. I think, let's be honest, I think hormonal changes can definitely cause these things, you know, once a month, sometimes you just feel like that. And we have to be ready to understand, okay, I know my body's going to feel this way, but maybe I should urge my mind to think differently and to not fall into those traps. I noticed for me personally, the weather actually has a big role in affecting how I feel. If it's sunny and beautiful outside, it's hard for me to be like all blue and depressed. 
But mm-hmm. if if it's rainy and you haven't, it's just cloudy, that affects me a lot and a lot more than I realized until finally I was like, oh, okay, there is a direct correlation between the sky outside and how I'm feeling that day. All right, um, so don't move to Portland, Seattle, <laughs> the UK, or Ireland. Sorry, Rex. <laughs> oh, darn it. <laughs> we want you to be happy, so. <laughs> <laughs> happy all the time. <laughs> I think another thing is looking at your personality type. If you're an extrovert and Mm -hmm. you are not spending time with people for different reasons, either you're too busy or your job is keeping you tied to your desk for too long. Mm -hmm. That's a trigger too, where, you know, you feel like, oh, I didn't get my people time. I, Mm -hmm. you know, that social time. So that could be a trigger to put you down or to, for you to feel down. If you're an introvert, it's the opposite. Lena's like an introvert. So if she Mm -hmm. out too much, before the pandemic, we used to be in the States a lot. And sometimes we would be there like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. By Monday, I was like, Ruth, I'm done. And by Monday, she was done. (laughs) Yes. Loved everybody, but I felt exhausted in every way. I feel that. Mm-hmm. It's like I need another day to just rest. Me, but but I would say even good even introverts do need some quality time with people. I definitely need to recharge my battery. Hundred percent agree with Liana on that. But then I also one of the ways I can recharge my battery after I get some good alone time is to talk to people and to have good meaningful conversations. I've noticed that after those conversations, I'm not tired. I'm not exhausted. Mm-hmm. I usually yeah. feel great. And I think that's because God created us to be in relationship with one another, to be in fellowship with one another, just to have people who we can talk to and just to just have a support structure around us. I like what you said about meaningful conversations, because there's all types of people and crowds that we're around. And you can be around a lot of people, but if it's something that's not fulfilling or it's draining, it actually becomes draining to you. Mm -hmm. So you can be around a lot of people, but if you don't get an intimate conversation or if you don't get like heart to heart, heart heart, heart heart, yes, Mm -hmm. you you can Mm -hmm. still leave unfulfilled. Yes, you're around people. You said you talked about meaningless things like, no, everything's (laughs) meaningful to a certain extent. But, you know, it depends on obviously it depends on the person and what what's meaningful to them. Yes, we can't. I think that's that's actually a very good point. Because it's not only people, it's the quality of people that fulfill you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think the importance of that is to also create friendships with people that are meaningful, to have certain friends where like, hey, look, I'm just going through this. Can we talk about it? And mm-hmm. then they'd be willing to listen to you and come back to you with godly advice. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's the most important thing. Or even encouragement in terms of, you know, somebody is doing like the Lord prompts them to do something and that totally inspires you. Like mm-hmm. for me, I love that when I, when people are telling me, oh, this is what God's doing through me, through me, you know what I mean? This is what mm-hmm. God's prompting me to do. This is the vision yes. God gave me. And I'm like, well, that's amazing. Cause maybe that God didn't give me that vision, but it doesn't mean that I can't appropriate it to a certain extent. So mm-hmm. it's, that's why in, in community, there's inspiration. We get inspired by mm-hmm. each other. That's why testimony is very, mm-hmm. very important. I just got another idea though. Not idea, but I've realized you can get into funks if you don't have vision. Mm. If you don't know where you're going, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. The per- yeah, it comes back to purpose, but. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a vision of what you want to do or what the Lord wants you to do. To be fair though, Lord doesn't always tell you exactly where he wants you to be or what he wants you to do. And, and sometimes we need to spend some time with him yep. to see, okay, what new opportunities coming our way. 
But I 100% agree. If we have no vision for or hope for the future, you know, going back to that Proverbs passage, it, it can be kind of hard to get out of that funk. Going off of that, though, when we talk about friendships, I think that's one of the best ways to treat a funk is to have good conversations yeah. with and meaningful conversations with the friends around you. For you guys to talk about kind of what is the reason you're in this, for you guys to encourage one another. Because I would say that usually our default for treating these sorts of moods is actually not beneficial. Like uh, Liana had mentioned earlier, escapism, basically yeah. where you just spend the rest of your entire week sitting on the couch watching YouTube and Netflix. Or for me personally, it's actually reading like books or something. I'll just get in a book and just not want to crawl out again. Definitely trying to get out of your current world <laughs> and into something else. I don't think that's useful. No, because truthfully, good friends and thank God for those because we've been blessed with them. I think all three of us and it's they'll mm -hmm. get you out of it. Like they'll speak truth into your life and they'll say, okay, what are you thinking? And what's the truth? What is God saying? Because the devil like makes things half truths in your mind. You think they're not a lie, but when you mm -hmm. actually look at the root of it, no, it's a lie. Yes. When he attacks your identity, when he says you're like this or like this, okay, it may feel real to you because you haven't accomplished such and such that may seem real. But it's mm -hmm. not real because only what God says about us is real. The things that you've done or not done does not mm -hmm. equate to who you are. So it's no, the reality is God has a purpose. God has a plan for your life. And you're going to walk in those things if you keep your head to him. So you need those friends to literally spit out truth and say, nope, that's a yep. lie. Like, get that out of here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He definitely operates in strongholds. I would call that kind of mental patterns of thinking that are kind of just go and repeat over and over again. And they're lies. They're not truth. They're, they're patterns of lies that you think about yourself in your head. I would call that a stronghold. I'm going to plug my favorite pastor, but Matt Chandler had a great sermon about strongholds that I would really recommend. And he pulls some great scripture to explain some of that. But your friends can really help you point out those lies that you're repeating to yourself. Because sometimes they're so ingrained in, in our minds and what we consider our identity that we don't realize they're lies and they're not true at all. Mm. That's actually true. I think strongholds are very powerful. But to go back one step before we go back to strongholds, I think friends bring clarity too. Because mm -hmm. many times you you think God gave you a vision for the future or this is what I want to do. I think friends can help streamline it. And sometimes Lena was saying that finding what God has for you or we all talked about it. Well, maybe if you're not hearing God right, if everything's hazy around you, you may actually get the wrong vision. Mm. Mm -hmm. So I think that's having people around you who can bring you back to, because Satan is very, is very deceptive. He'll be, maybe you're called to this, but then like this thought comes into your mind and you hold on to it. No, actually, I think I'm supposed to go this way. Mm -hmm. And having a community of people around you to kind of remind you of who you are and what God created you for can actually deter the plans of the enemy to take you in a whole different direction than what God wanted you to go in. Mm -hmm. Now we can, sorry, I just had to backtrack. because No, I think that's a great going. point to make. Yeah. Kind of like that counsel of, of just wisdom. So we, we have plenty of examples in the Old Testament and in the New Testament where people had groups of like asking the Lord for guidance and wisdom, and they advised, you know, the king or even in the New Testament Acts, we see the Church of Antioch advising and praying Paul and Barnabas to go out and 
go into their mission field. God obviously called them, but it was the church around them that supported them and has said, hey, you guys are meant to do this. Go out and do this. I think you're completely right about it. It's true. The council around you really does matter. But even with like Paul and I don't know who it was, if it was Silas or Timothy, I'm not sure. The church was telling them, don't go there. Don't go to Rome. Yes. God's not calling you to go to Rome. There's instances where God speaks to you some something and it might be contrary to what you hear around yes, you. Yes, that's true. And usually mm-hmm. at that point, like that is a test that happens when maybe you're maturity in the Lord. You've walked with the Lord for some mm-hmm. time and he's testing your maturity. Yeah. Nine out of 10 times, maybe yes, the counsel around you will keep you on track. Mm-hmm. But there is instances and only the Holy Spirit can show you where God may tell you to do something and maybe everyone around you is saying, don't do that. And they may be godly people. They may be people who have good intentions for your life. That is not the rule. That is the exception. So yes, that's true. We have to make sure that we're not disregarding our pastors and our families and our community. But at the same time, keep that in mind where like the Holy Spirit may prompt you. And I think that'll be a great discussion for like a time where we're talking about how to make decisions or how to like, that's a huge, very important topic to yeah. tackle fully. Yeah. At the end of the day, you end up facing the Lord about the decision you end up making. Mm. So you're the one who's called to account. That's why you have to have a clean conscience before the Lord, whether he tells you something and someone else tells you something differently or whether God gave the right counsel to your friends, but you didn't end up listening to it. So mm-hmm. that's actually great. Yeah, let's let's table that discussion for another day. I feel like we have a lot of things to say on it. <laughs> one of the things I want to go back to is I think Liana was the one who talked about comparisons um, where mm-hmm. we, uh, those going back to unfulfilled expectations where we compare ourselves to others or we just look at what, what other people are doing in life. Wait a minute, shouldn't I be doing this? I actually think that can also lead to a paralysis and decision making. Yes. And I think funks are great in that you get into this funk and then suddenly you just can't make any decisions about anything and mm-hmm. it paralyzes you. And I think in the end, your decision does get made for you, but it's usually not the one you should be making. Ooh, yes. Yeah. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. That is actually a great point. I think that, I mean, depends where you come from. So for me, I used to be a person that used to make decisions very easily in one area of my life. And then the Lord checked me on it. And he said, check with me for every decision that you make. But I went to the extreme where we're uh, second guessing okay. every decision. <laughs> Be careful because that's a lie of the enemy. So God always, he always challenges you. So if you're good at making decisions, he'll challenge you to check with him. If you're not good at making decisions, he's going to challenge you to make decisions. So God's always refining us. So wherever you are on the spectrum, God's definitely refining you. But I will say, I think a funk will bring confusion in decision-making. Yes. Yes. So mm-hmm. that's the thing. It's not even like, you'll just be so confused and you'll be so thrown off. You just can't make a decision or you won't make the right decision. So I think that's how you know that it's from the devil because the confusion just messes around with your mind mm-hmm. and you're like, yes. hold on. This isn't who I am. Why am I so confused? I've never been a confused person. Mm-hmm. Why am I in this place? So that's definitely... I was going to say, we know that scripture says that too, because 1 Corinthians fourteen thirty three, for God is not a God of confusion, mm-hmm. but of peace. If there's a lot of confusion and angst and unclarity swirling around in your head, maybe it's time to ask the Lord to bring some clarity and yeah. to get you out of that funk of confusion. And sometimes making a decision 
will will bring Clear that it peace. Out. Yeah. Yes. Um, wow, sometimes yeah. you're you're in like that limbo because you're just not moving. You're not mm-hmm. making a decision. And it's interesting. It was a while ago. I think Fratele Nathanael Kostia came to our church, mm-hmm. and he was trying to make a decision. God showed him a vision or a dream. He's trying to make a decision, and he's like, "Lord, I don't know which way to go. Should I go this way? Should I go this way? I have like two different options or three. And all of a sudden, he felt himself transported up, and the Lord showed him these paths. And then when you looked at them from on high, they were the cross. So no matter which oh, way wow. he took, it's like it led to where God wanted him to be. Oh, so I love that. Being peace about that. Many times, well, I don't know what to do, so I'm not going to make a decision. Make a decision. If it's yes. the wrong decision, the Lord will reroute you. Yeah. Paul yes. said, I want to go here. And then the Lord said, no, you're not going there. He mm-hmm. rerouted him. But he so, still made a decision. And then the Lord just said, nope, not that one. Yep. Like, so mm-hmm. you know, if you're in a paralysis of decision making, just make one. I think we can all relate. This is not us talking to you. This is applicable to our lives too. Yes. Oh, no, we're just, we're, we're just <laughs> counseling ourselves right here. Yes, exactly. <laughs> First Corinthians 2 verse 16 says, for who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. I think we have to also understand that when we are saved, when we accept Christ as our Savior and as our Lord, we put on the mind of Christ. And a lot of the times we seem to think of decisions as if I take a le- turn to the left, I'm going to hell. If I take a turn to the right, I'm going straight to what God wants me to do. That's not what it is at all. So I think when we're in funks, we seem to maybe even be a little bit more dramatic about the consequences of those decisions, or maybe, I don't know what we think of those consequences, but I I have confidence that when we make decisions and when we're in the Lord, one way or another, they're all going to lead to where he wants us to be, where he wants us to go. He's never surprised. That's what I keep saying. Oh, no. God's Mm -hmm. surprised by our choice. Oops, I can't believe Leanna did that. What am I going to do now? Like, (laughs) like, no, he's okay, cool. Let's go this way. Maybe try this route. God's never surprised. His, when it says my ways are higher than your ways, that means his ways, we can't even comprehend how he can make something good happen out of something bad. I think we've noticed it through the pandemic, through all these things. It's like, man, the enemy tried to use things for evil, but God... Has he turned made it for good. A lot of good things happen. So mm-hmm. he's never surprised. That's my biggest lesson that I think I've learned is he's not surprised about our decisions. Nope. Absolutely. You're completely right on that. I guess just to some summarize some things, what do you guys think the way out of a funk is? How do we get out of them? Philippians 4. Ooh. Philippians 4 8. Finally, brothers, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely. Whatever things are of good report, is there, if there is any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So I think this is probably the biggest thing that you can do is to meditate on the things that are right, the things that are good, and that will turn your funk right around. Even if you maybe don't believe those things. Yeah. Maybe you're, you're telling yourself truth that you do not believe, but man, that truth has power. Like God's word has power, no matter whether we believe it or not. When we are faithless, he is faithful. So I think mm-hmm. my biggest thing is do the things that you know are true when you're in that funk, because no matter what, they will work eventually. Maybe it doesn't Absolutely. work on the moment, but that would be my 100%. Absolutely. I think practically speaking, turn on some worship music, spend mm-hmm. some time on your knees with the Lord and actually pray through some of these things that you're battling with. Spend time with your friends. You know, mm-hmm. I know it's tough. Make that phone call, send that text out, see if you can meet 
and just kind of talk over these things. Yeah, I think these are the best ways to get out of those funks. Also realize that if it's a hormonal thing, those this too shall pass, you know? <laughs> Give yourself some grace, I will say. We don't have to be too harsh with ourselves about it. Yep. I think also have a heart to heart with God. Mm. I don't like don't only pray. Pray I, I've done my duty, my nightly oh, morning, yes. morning mm. duty. Connect with God. Don't get up from your knees until you felt that you and God connected. Mm. Be like Jacob. I will not let you go until you bless me. Yes. I will not let you go until you bless me. Mm. So like let's sit on our knees and I do that too sometimes. I'm just like, God, <laughs> like getting up until you make me well. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I think that's the way God wants us to pray with him though. I don't I don't know. I mean, I'm sure the quick, God bless this food, amen, prayers are fine. You know, those are well in their place. But I think the prayers where we just spend some time with him and we really wrestle with him and we really seek his face, I think those are the ones that he really values. At least definitely the ones that I really value when I get down on my knees and I do that. Yeah. And it's not only always about striving. Some people may say, why do I have to beg God to bless me? Why do I need to like fight through until... It's not always like that. Sometimes you feel a shower of love over you and you're, Mm -hmm. I don't know where that's coming from. And it's obviously from the Lord, but it's his grace and mercy on you. So it's not always, you know, fight. Sometimes it's rest and see the victory that I will give you. Mm -hmm. That's good. I will say, if you notice that this funk of yours is becoming something really long-term and is going on long and longer and is getting worse and worse, I would definitely urge a person to seek some counsel, someone who maybe is a licensed therapist, licensed counselor. If you're spending months like this, definitely there might be some other things going on. But the ones we're talking about are the ones that are like momentary. Short-term. You know, Maybe it might last a week, short-term, just a few days. Those are kind of the things we're, we're talking about, not necessarily something that would be diagnosed as depression. Yeah, that's a good point. Or even just have somebody pray for you, like get your parents to pray for you, get your pastors to pray for you, because sometimes it is a stronghold and sometimes it needs to leave in that way too. Not that you don't have power on your own when you're praying, but sometimes you need that extra help in prayer. So even Mm -hmm. that might help you get out of it. I feel like you're saying all the spiritual things and I'm like, go outside, (laughs) go on a walk. Because it's such a... And I honestly think it is. Absolutely. God created us physical beings and also spiritual beings. We have, we are both mind, body, and soul. And I think we have to address all those things. And honestly, your body does need to sometimes get more oxygen to the brain to get some blood flowing, you know, (laughs) go exercise. It can actually do some wonders. (laughs) 100%. We're about to go on a walk. (laughs) We can't wait. Are there any last thoughts that you guys want to talk about before we close? I think believe that God loves you. Honestly, Aww, yeah. I really think that's so important. Like know that God really does care for you. Like he cares for your heart. He cares for your mind. He cares for your soul. He cares that your soul is wounded. He cares that you have struggles at the at the level of the mind. And he cares if your body's not okay and imbalanced mm-hmm. or, yes. you know. Just believe that God loves you. I think most most strongholds come from the lie that no one cares about me. Mm. God doesn't care about me. People mm-hmm. don't care about me. I'm all alone and I'm pray for everyone around me. So just ask for the love of the Lord, like a, a baptism of love of, mm-hmm. and of grace. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe in our community, that's 
you know, we we grew up in like a law-based type of environment. Some of us, not 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 all of us. Mm-hmm. It's like breaking that off because the law brings death and yes. the spirit yeah. brings life. Yeah. And Amen. we need the Lord's spirit to revive us and his love to shower us and love revives too. Amen. Mm, that's I think a good that's word. A great. That's a good mm-hmm. word. Yes. We can leave it at that. <laughs> for for the audience who doesn't know, uh, we have a thing called spiritual yummies. You're going to hear those a lot. That was a good spiritual yummy. That's basically where someone says something good and the audience goes, mm, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> All right. I thank everyone who tuned in to listen. I hope this was helpful and constructive and encouraging. We look forward to hearing some feedback. So if you have any feedback for us, we'll be available through our Instagram. I hope you guys tune in next time. And that was it. Tea time for the soul. Thank <laughs> you.